we're rolling. All right. How you doing today, Anthony? I'm good. I'm excited to be back, David. Yeah, it's been three months. You you pointed out. I didn't even realize that was three months ago. I know a lot has happened in three months as well. I mean, I've I've seen this show grow over those three months, yeah, as slowly. well as both of my campaigns on TikTok and YouTube, Twitter. All my platforms are growing now. So that's awesome. Uh, it, it, it's off to a good start. Uh, since you've been in, since you've been on the last time, what has changed drastically for you? The biggest thing that's changed for me <clears throat> is Tulsi Gabbard coming out and stating that she's leaving the Democratic Party and going independent. So now you have someone who's been a renounced politician for 20 years in the Democratic Party, and she's now going independent, which is telling people it's okay to go independent. You don't have to stick true to the two-party system. And that does a lot of advertising for me. We've been reaching out to her campaign for the better part of three weeks now, four weeks. And, uh, whoops, I'll turn that off. He uh, is recording live on TikTok. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, I can turn the sound off on that. And uh, I've heard back from her office three different times. And she's out in Hawaii, so by the time they email me, it's one o'clock in the morning mm. because of the time difference, you know. Um, but we're trying to get something scheduled with Tulsi. Uh, for those who are watching on TikTok, uh, what is what is their her response been or her office? They they've told me that she's she'd be interested in talking to me because of the platform I run on as a nonpartisan. Mm. Um, her ideas and my ideas line up perfectly. I watched her do a speech on her podcast and she used the phrase "people before politics," so that makes me think she's been watching some of my stuff, <laughs> you know, because I've never heard that before. I brought it out back in July. So there's just a lot of things that she promotes that we stand for. And her office has shown some interest. It's just, she's been traveling so much, you know, with CNN and Fox news and Newsmax right. and all those guys that she's right. extremely busy, but she is stateside and she does know that I have a, a rally coming up next weekend. So maybe I can get a surprise pop in visit from Tulsi Gabbard next weekend. That would be awesome. It'd be nice if she'd commit and run as my <laughs> VP. <laughs> That's what I told him. I said, I'd, I'd be very interested in interviewing her as a VP candidate because she's so vocal about her stance about this country and, and how it should be working to, for the people. I One thing I really like about her is how on, honest she is. Mm -hmm. And uh, she doesn't, and she seems so normal, right? which is really cool. She just seems like when, when you watch her, she seems like she's one of those those women that you can just approach in public and say hi, and she would give you her time of day. Mm, you know, right. um, and she it, seems like she's for the people, right? She honestly, genuinely feel to me, it feels like she is definitely for the people of this country. If she wasn't, she wouldn't have denounced her membership to the democratic party because she right. recognizes there's a difference now than what it was 20 years ago. And you've got other independent politicians who are becoming a little bit more popular now because of their stance and because of the unity and because of protecting the constitution after we see what the Biden administration has already done, you know, they preach unity and then they do the opposite. You know, the red speech is what they've been calling it. Um, was very divisive. It was very hateful towards the Republicans, especially the MAGA, Repo MAGA Republicans. So, well, it seems to me that all Republicans are kind of being lumped into this group of MAGA Republicans. Right. So e even if you're a Republican, you're considered a MAGA Republican. That's what they that's what they assume. And see, I'm a I'm a Republican. 
According to the state of Michigan, I'm a Republican. Did I vote down the line Republican this past election day? No, I didn't. I voted for the people. I did my research on the people in my local area, and I voted for who I thought was going to do the best job. And being nonpartisan on a political level moving forward is just that. It's forgetting the party name and voting the person. Mm. And if I, if I was elected president, one of the things I'd do about our, our voting integrity is I would want to remove the party affiliation on the ballot and make people do their homework because do you think people will though? I think they would, if they had, a, if, if they didn't have a choice, you know, if uh, the option was uh, you're a young kid coming out of college, you don't know a lot about Donald Trump, maybe because he, you were younger when he was president, you see Donald Trump, you see Joe Biden, you see, you know, Ron DeSantis, you know, and you don't see what party they lie on. And all these names are just in chronological order you'd have to go and see what they stand for. Yes, but then that kind of lead leaves it up to like the um the the media outlets to kind of persuade things like they do right now. Right. That's well, a prop that's a huge problem. It's a big problem and I think there ought to be more restrictions on the media as far as what they can report and what they can't report because right now they are part of the problem. You know, you see a police officer doing his job and it goes viral immediately. And then it comes out six months later that the guy that they were arresting had a had a, a previous record or a rap sheet, and what he was being arrested for was legit. So we've gone and we've bashed that police officer for six months on social media and all over the world for no reason. I think they shouldn't be able to report that until after the judge has brought down the sentence on the criminal. Right. So if you have video from cell phones, that's one thing. But how do you think these big news, news uh, stations get those videos? People, people send them in, it. send them in. Yeah. They record them and send them in. Cause I can sit here and record you and I talking and no one's going to put it on the air unless we you send it to them. It. And well, yeah, <laughs> I, um, but you know, CNN's not going to get a hold of this unless they see it somewhere and then they want to do a story on it. Right. So if we limit the restrictions or if we put more restrictions on the news and say, listen, in the event of the, the guy in uh, Atlanta that was shot fleeing two cops remember i don't know if you remember he was at a wendy's and he physically fought the cops stole the taser gun and ran away turned around and fired the taser gun at a police officer and they shot him in the back and killed him that's right i remember that so but the guy had a rap sheet he was a career criminal he had been convicted 11 times and was still on the street so that's what we need to know we don't need to see what happened the day it happened or the day, you know, the days after. We need to see the final verdict. That's when I think we should publish that sort of media. What did he what did he have a rap sheet for? Uh, aggravated assault on his girlfriend, domestic violence. He had beaten up his grandfather. He had stole some merchandise from a store, so uh, shoplifting. How, how previous to that event was They were ye- years before. Okay. Years before. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, 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 I firmly believe that once you show a pattern – of this type of behavior. If you're arrested two or three, four times on multiple occasions, this is who you are. And if we don't enforce the punishments on these criminals, they're just going to keep doing what they're doing. And since last time we spoke, they brought it up to me about the safety act in Illinois. Have you heard about this? That's where they want to eliminate, um, like bail, Cash bond system, right. Yep. So they plan on turning over 403 criminals that are currently behind bars and releasing them back into the public. And they haven't seen the judge. They haven't been convicted. That's wild. They are saying that second-degree murder is non-detainable. What? Seriously. 
uh, if, if I had my phone, I'd pull it up for you to read it. Um, Let's you, pull could, it up. you could probably Google it. Um, Google the safety bill. Is it S A F hyphen T bill in Illinois? And there's a list of examples like uh, second degree murder, um, aggravated DUI, assault, robbery, kidnapping is non detainable. If you have a um, if you have a house arrest uh, and you have the thing around your ankle and you violate, you go beyond where you're supposed to be. They've announced that they can't even begin to look for you for 48 hours after you violated. Mm. You could drive halfway to Alaska in yeah. 48 hours. That's a problem. It's a big problem. And here in Michigan, we have problems with, with our laws also. Um, this is the uh, Safety Act. The Safety Act, yes. Yep. The Safety, Accountability, Fairness, and Equality Today Act, commonly known as the Safety Act, is an Illinois statute enacted in 2021 that makes a number of reforms to the criminal justice system affecting police, pretrial de- detention, and bail sentencing and corrections. The Act section on pretrial detention, which is set to take effect on January 1st, 2023, is also known as the Pretrial Fairness Act. Um, hold on. They've actually gone on record and said that we want these it's discriminating because people who are wealthy can afford to bail out and people who are poor can't. Uh, how is that discriminatory? Discriminatory because they're 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 basically saying that because you're rich, you're above the poor, and it's discriminating that the poor cannot bail bail out of jail. If, if you're in jail for murder, <laughs> you're in jail for murder. You know, I, I'm I'm sitting here thinking to myself uh, when when I saw this out, there was a video on TikTok uh, that the was judge. really you. Uh, it, it was, was I don't know if he was judge. a judge or he was the mayor of some okay. uh, some town uh, right. near Chicago. And uh, he was upset about it because he even went on in his video to state, if you're a homeowner or a business owner and you have someone sleeping in your shed, can't get rid of them. You can't get rid of them. We can come give them a ticket, but it's up to you as the homeowner or the business owner to decide how much force is necessary to remove them from your property and how legal it is. So, so if you decide to murder them for not leaving, if you shoot you them, then you're, 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 you're going to go to, you're going to go to jail, but they're going to release you in 48 hours. And, and, and they want to work on the honest system. They, they're, mm. they're expecting these criminals, uh, to be honest. Have so, you ever met an honest criminal? No. Well, that, I mean, I think, I think that's part of the definition of a criminal is dishonesty. Um, you know, they, they're, they're saying, you know, Let's back up a second. If you if you get arrested and you go to jail and you bond out, you you put something up for collateral, right? That's how it works. Right. You, you pay ten percent cash, or you put up your house or your car or whatever assets you have that guarantees you're going to come back. Because if you don't come back to court, they're going to send send a bench warrant. They're going to arrest you, and you're going to lose the collateral that you put up. Well, if these poor people don't have collateral. That's why they don't bond out. Well, now they're right. just going to set them free, and they're going to trust that they're going to come back for their court date. If I was a criminal in Illinois and they set me free, let's say I uh, kidnapped somebody's kid, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to leave the state and change my identity. You know, Assuming uh, you're smart enough to if do you're, that. Well, in today's day and age, there's doctors out there doing sex change identities <laughs> all over the place. So, I mean, you could literally change everything there is about you and go live in another That's state true. or, uh, you know, skip across to Mexico and they'll never find you. The whole point of being in jail uh, before you see the judge mm-hmm. is to ensure that you don't go out and commit more crimes. Right. 
and we need to enforce these. And I've been advocating for this on TikTok and on my other platforms. What's the it, response to it? People love what I have to say, and they back it 100%. And, and if, it, if you commit a violent crime against another person, you kill someone, it's assault, aggravated assault, whatever. If it's a violent crime, you do not get what they call good days in jail. So if you're sentenced to 10 years, you get out in six. Right. No. If you're a violent criminal and you could, you hurt someone, you do the full time. If you're in on a drug, drug-related charge or not paying your speeding tickets or this, that, or whatever, misdemeanors, whatever, they hold you in for 90 days and you want to get good behavior, I'm okay with that because it frees up beds in our jail cells for the more violent criminals. But The only, the, the only problem with that is wrongfully convicted people, right? There are a lot of people that are wrongfully convicted, but we have to we have to hold the judges more accountable for these sentences and listen more towards the evidence that's being brought forth in these cases. Right. I think uh, I think a lot of it is politically motivated. I think it's politically incorrect. I think the prosecutors are picking and choosing what laws they want to prosecute on. So, what do you think the what do you, what do you think the benefit of having the Safety Act is? I mean, is this something that's being done around the country? It's starting in Illinois. I know that. And I know here in Michigan, in Genesee County, I have a stalker now. Oh, boy. All right. I have a, I have a stalker. And if she's watching, hello to you. Um, but she goes a, on to a my... A good one? A good one? Or? No, no, not at all. Um, her, her family, her ex-son-in-law dog bit my son's face about three weeks ago, four weeks ago. And the hole was big enough to put three fingers oh in, in his cheek. And the dog didn't have shots. Well, before that happened, this woman was going to my political page on Facebook and screenshotting and writing all these bad things about me and whatever. So I did some research. In the state of Michigan, we have laws that prevent cyber stalking, cyber bullying, or... We do. And, and, and it's written law in the state. Um, I wish I'd have brought it with me. It's 711.411S or something like that. Uh, but if you Google cyber stalking in on Google in Michigan, it'll pull up the bill for you. And it also states that if you're going to make claims or comments about political uh, elected officials or public in two, officials. In 2000, the Michigan legislator passed new laws that criminalize cyber stalking and the subject and subject the offender of two penalties that include fines, probation, or even imprisonment. In addition, a victim can seek relief in a civil court and even obtain a PPO to prevent further contact under penalty of con uh, contempt or of court. And Jeez. you just read the law for Michigan, so, and it's not happening in Genesee County. I was denied a PPO. I was going to say, did you apply for one? I did. I was denied, and uh, I appealed to get a court date because I wanted to stop because she's bringing my kids into it. Now she's bringing my, my fiance into it. Um, she's bringing a lot of personal things into this now. And why yeah, won't they give you one? I, you know, I don't know. They, the, the judge marked on the paperwork that it's not what a PPO stand. It was created for, but yet by definition, if you pull up PPO, why would someone get a PPO? It tells you. So she's, so she's essentially slandering you on social media. She's slandering. It's harassing. It's intimidating. Her her grandson plays on my son's basketball team. So when I go to the gym to watch my son play, she'll walk in and you have an entire gym to go sit in, right? And she'll sit six feet away from me and take my picture and put it up on Facebook and like keeping my enemies close. Oh my God. You know, and yeah, it's a woman. 
no big deal, right? But she knows where I live. She knows what I do. She knows about my business, you know, my, my professional business. And she knows I'm running for president. So she's doing everything she can to harass me. Genesee County, the prosecutor, said, we don't have anything to, to, to prosecute her on. I said, really? Because I called the prosecutor in Oakland County, and they said they would have arrested her on the first offense. Hmm. So why – this is what I'm talking about with holding our justice system accountable, and it starts with law enforcement. A, law, a police officer should not have to call the prosecutor to say, hey, can we convict on this? That's not your job. Your job is to detain the person, put them in the system, and let them go before the judge and the prosecutor present their case. The judge will give a sentence or let them go. Right. Most times they'll say time served and you have a fine of 500 bucks or whatever. It's not even being done in Genesee County. It's been brought mm-hmm. to my attention that they focus more on murder, bank robberies. Is there rape. a lot of that? There, there are in Flint, you know, oh, okay. there's a lot of stuff in Flint that, that they, they focus on, but the little stuff, yeah, they don't want to, they don't want to, they don't want to adhere to that. And, and they tried to say, well, you know, we can pick and choose. No, you can't pick and choose. If you live in Michigan, the laws are set to protect you within the boundaries of the state of Michigan, no matter right. where you're at. Right. So this is going to be a fun one going down to the wire. So, so how is your son recovering? He's doing well. He had, uh, 13 stitches Holy in his shit. face. He also had a, a cut underneath his, underneath his lip. Uh, they super glued that, which is what I would have done. <laughs> Um, but he's, uh, he's, he's frightened, you know, he's going to need a little therapy. Uh, he says he doesn't want to be around that dog again. Um, we have an appointment for plastic surgery to speak to a plastic surgeon in December because the scar is one of those big bubbled scars. Mm. Uh, he's not shaving yet, but when he does, it's going to be a problem. And now every time you look at the kid, you see it and it's, it's a huge blemish on it. What was a perfect face in my opinion, but it shouldn't have happened. Animal control didn't do anything. You, you would, so what happened to the dog? When it nothing. Happened? Nothing. The animal control went out to the guy's house, gave him a ticket, said quarantine the dog for 10 days, and then after 10 days of quarantine, you have 10 days to get the rabies shot. If you comply, we'll void the ticket out of the system. So nothing happened. So we have to go after his homeowner's insurance to pay for all the medical bills and the plastic surgery that my son's going to need. And some people are are on the fence with that. They're like, why can't you just let it go? Let it go. Let it go. And other people are like, you're doing exactly what you're supposed to do. That's why you have homeowner's insurance. Um, State laws are different. You know, if this happened in South Carolina, they would have euthanized the dog. They would have removed the dog from the home and euthanized it. My problem is the guy has two dogs. One dog has his shots and the other one doesn't. And the one that doesn't is the one that bit my son. It was Mm -hmm. a Labrador retriever. Wow. Those dogs don't typically bite. Yeah. So, you know, just crazy stuff going on. But uh, trying to find a way to to do these things the right way. And, and you know, because I preach accountability to people all the time. And if I'm not willing to hold people accountable for their actions in my own neck of the woods, how am I going to do it in Washington? And I'm all for being very, very stern about holding our law enforcement accountable, holding our judges accountable, holding our prosecutors accountable. If it's written in law, follow the law, obey the law, because it it goes to a a broader spectrum. When you look at all these immigrants that are crossing our border, every single one of them that does it through the river or comes over here without proper paperwork is a criminal. They're breaking the law to get here and think about it. Everyone, even you guys on TikTok, think about it. If it was so free to come here, 
why are they risking their lives crossing a river when they could walk over a bridge at the checkpoint? Who's going to stop them at the checkpoint? No one's stopping them when they get to our shore, when they cross the Red, uh, the uh, Rio Grande River. So why are they risking their lives? There's something else to this that we don't know about. If I had a six-month-old baby, I wouldn't walk through shoulder-high water holding my baby up in the air. You wouldn't if you, I could walk over the bridge. If you were worried about cartel or not, not being able to make a living. I mean, because the idea, I have a, I have a dad who's an illegal immigrant. He's here illegally, mm-hmm. and uh, which is kind of funny <laughs> and ironic. Not that I agree with it, but, you know, it, it is what it is. That's why I'm here, I guess. Right. So, um, but the thing is, is like the idea that immigrants have of the United, of the United States is that I'll go to America because I'll be able to make a living. I'll always be able to find work right. and I'll be able to send money back to my family. That tends to be like the, the normal idea and perspective of it all. Right. Obviously there's criminals that get in and obviously everybody who does it is breaking the law, but I think like the for the general consensus of the illegal immigrants coming in they they just want a better life. They want a better life. Not and that it not that that's the way to do it. But we have a system in place for asylum and right. we have a system in place for immigration to you know to come through and file the paperwork to become a, a legal immigrant. Do you think that they should make the system a little easier? Hell or? yes. Hell yeah. Absolutely 100% yeah. And and I've talked to people about this and and, and and don't quote me on these numbers because I don't know the facts, but I'll just give you an example. Let's say it costs $20,000 to file, excuse me, to file your paperwork for immigration. 20 grand up front, boom, 20 grand, I'll start your paperwork. Five, mine. six, that's mine. Oh, okay, sorry. Five, six, seven years later, they get their, their response. They get it, their legal answer, they get denied. Right. But during the process, they're still in their country. Why don't we find a way where we can say, okay, let's cut that in half and say, you give me 10 grand, I'll give you a working visa. So you're legally allowed to be here, get established, find a job, pay your taxes yeah, and pay us back on a loan basis, the other 10 grand. Once you get your 10 grand paid back through the loan process, we'll process your paperwork within 60 days and you'll be a legal immigrant. But as long as you're here, you're working under your working visa. And we don't have to put an expiration date on that working visa because we want them here to pay taxes and work and get settled so that when they are legal, they hit the ground running. From my understanding, it's not necessarily a United States problem. It's also the fact that like a lot of these South American countries are extremely corrupt. And so they don't want to offer uh, citizenships to people who like because my dad, he was explaining it to me. And all my other family, his family that came here, they're all legal. Right. Um, and so, like, they've all started businesses. They, they're they super successful now. Good. It's like, that's that's what people's idea of coming here is. Right. To come here, to start a new life, to start a business, and they'll live a successful life. Right. Some of the hardest working people I know, too. They are. Um, more, more hardworking than a lot of Americans. But... And we recognize that because Nancy Pelosi even was on TV going, don't send them to Martha's Vineyards. Send them <laughs> down here so they can work our fields. Like, how racist could you be, Nancy? If you're listening, Nancy Pelosi, I hope you're enjoying your retirement, by the way. Um, but, you know, that's the consensus but, that people come over and they're willing to pick apples in the fields right. or they're willing to, you know, pick the corn or whatever. And 
I understand that that's hard manual labor and they do it for a, a cheaper cost, but they're still here illegally. Right. And Americans have gotten so lazy because they don't want to do that kind of work. Yeah. Right. So they want to live on the system. Well, it's not just that. It's also the fact that like these employers don't want to, they don't want to pay people, you know, like a, an equitable wage, a wage that you can live off of. Like if I had to go pick apples on a tree and make, I don't know, a penny an apple or something like you're not going to catch me doing that. Right. Right. <laughs> Cause you're going to need thousands of pennies a day, you know, right. apples a day to make a living. But, but somebody who doesn't have an opportunity, somebody who doesn't have the ability to go find a job and apply and, and have a decent living, they'll, they'll do that for nothing. Yeah. Essentially. They'll do it for next to nothing because but, it's our, our dollar was more valuable than their peso in Mexico. Right. right. For one, so they'll put in the hard labor, you know, and they'll live the simplest of lives when they're not working to keep their money and send it back home to help the ones who are struggling. Yeah. I get it. I understand. But do it legally. Right. Do it the right way. And we need to enforce those penalties to the employers, the farmers, or the restaurants who are hiring these illegal immigrants. They need to be fined. Every time we crack down and find someone who's hired, you go to a Mexican restaurant and let's say there's three illegals in there bussing tables for $3 an hour under the table. It's illegal. Yeah. One, to pay someone under the table. So I'm not, I can't arrest you for it, but we can find the hell out of you. $50,000, $70,000. You get that one or two times, three times as a small restaurant, you're not going to yeah. do it anymore. No. You know, do what do we do with the immigrant when we catch them working in the restaurant? Do we deport them? Do we detain them? What do we do? We right. need to reform the entire process what of do immigration. We do? Right now, I think I well now nothing, but ICE used to take them and detain them, and would either deport them or put them through the legal system here and convict them of being here illegally, and then they would eventually be deported. From mm-hmm. what I understand, we've got to be firm with these laws. You know, I, I know when Trump was in office, we were in a better place. Uh, you know, there was a time where, where Vladimir Putin walked into a meeting and asked Donald Trump to sit down. At, can I sit down? May I sit now? That was the level of respect he had all over the world, right? Yeah. Joe Biden takes office and the world starts to fall apart because he does nothing. He fails to admit that there is a there's an issue at the border. He fails to admit that and our education system is going is falling off one, the charts. One thing that was really interesting during Trump's <coughs> presidency was that people were focused on the border, on like uh, how inhumane it was. People were locked in cages and whatnot. Has any of that changed since Biden's been in office, or are they just not focusing on it? I don't think they're fo- focusing on it. Do I think that you should separate a child from their parent and put them in cages? No, I don't. But I think you should finish the wall. I think you should drape barbed wire from the top all the way down to the U.S. side of the of the wall. And I think you should allow our CBP patrol people, which we pay for, to to secure the border and and get some added help for military drones. You know, so, so that he, we keep an eye on it. Here's an article um, from who is this? What is what site is this? Sorry, from Vera.org. Children are still being separated from their families at the border. United States immigrant immigration laws allow people who are fleeing violence and persecution to request asylum at or near the border. And in shameful cha- in a shameful chapter of our recent history, the United States intentionally separated children from their parents to deter families from exercising this right. 
Though family separation is no longer explicitly used as a weapon in the United U.S. immigration policy, it is still a horrifying result. Over the past decade, hundreds of thousands of children have come to the United States without their fam- without their parents, and we have not built a system to receive them with compassion and respect. In fiscal year 2021, a record of 122,000 children were taken into U.S. custody without their parents, but far too many of them could have safely remained with their parents or other family members in the United States um, who had better system, okay, whatever. Yeah, that's crazy. So it's still happening. It's still happening, and I'm I'm 100% against it. You should never separate a child from their parents, period. So what do you think we we should do with these families that are coming across the border? You know, this is, this is my opinion, you know, and I want to be clear with that. This is just my opinion. I don't have the resources to correct it, but if I had an opportunity to, you know, make something happen. I think if you're going to detain the parents, the children need to stay with the parents and we need to find out how we can make that asylum process quicker, easier, and, and, and get them move, moving along a little faster. Do I think we need to put them in cages? No, we're not, we're not going to de- detain them to a sense where they're behind bars or in a, in a cage. You know, we'll, we have to find a way to make this process speedy because children are involved. If it's just a just an adult like you or I, and we come across, then we should be we should be detained until they decide what to do with us. I'm for that. We have to we have to enforce the law of coming through through the United States the legal way with with immigration. Sorry. Yeah. It, well, uh, it shouldn't be such a daunting task. It shouldn't be. I mean, because I could imagine if I was somebody who was living in a third world country and I was like, I need to have a better life and I, I need to go to America, then the, just the thought of having to apply for a visa and like possibly being stricken down and not having it passed would be kind of intimidating. It would be. But then again, we have these laws to protect our country. Oh, absolutely. You know, right now that border is wide open and you see the fentanyl crisis that's happening. We, what was it? Uh, a few weeks ago, it was what? 96 cartel members that we have captured since they, since the border has been open. Jeez. You know, is how it, many have we is it really open? Oh, yeah, it's wide open. I mean, you see uh, uh, Kamala Harris goes on the news and goes, they are not walking across the river into the United States. And I did a video. I'm like, well, what the fuck have I been watching on TV every day with these people are, are, are waist high in the water? Is she saying that they're literally not walking on water like Jesus does, <laughs> like Jesus did? Is that what she's referencing? Because if she is, you're an idiot. You're straight up an idiot. I watch it all day, every day that people are crossing that river by the thousands. We're at what? Almost 3 million people this year alone. Wow. The most in U.S. history has happened this year. And they're getting lost in our society. They come across. We do nothing. They they skip around. They end up in San Diego. They end up in Houston. They go to these large cities and they just get lost in, in our society. Yeah. And no one knows about them until they break the law. They break the law, they get caught, and then they're like, oh, now we'll deport you. Now we'll convict you. Or if you're smart, you come across in Texas or Arizona, New Mexico, California, and you end up in California. Governor Newsom was giving them IDs. He was giving them state-issued IDs for voting. They're not giving them driver's license. They're giving them state-issued IDs. And I did some research on that, and you cannot do that if you're not an American citizen. So how is he, A, getting away with it, and B, how is he reelected to his seat this week? 
or this past week in California. The Democrats are doing whatever they can to, uh, to, to, to get their votes so that they can stay in office and continue doing what they're doing. They're driving this country into the ground, and if we let them keep pounding on us the way that they are, we, we'll be like a, a, a railroad nail so far into the dirt, we won't be able to, to, to pull ourselves out of it. And I don't care if I'm not the president that, that sets the narrative. Somebody needs to. We have to change what's, what's being done right now. Um, electric cars, all electric cars in California in 2035. Can't do it. Yeah, that's not something that's sustainable. Not yet. There's not enough soft metal on the planet to put everybody in an electric car. And people need to realize that. Stop with the brainwashed bullshit and understand the facts. There was well, a, there did was, you see that in California they forced everybody to turn off their electric? Yeah, they're like, <laughs> uh, turn off your electricity. They did this in Colorado, too. They uh, People volunteered for this, uh, this new digital um, uh, thermostat thing in their homes. And... When the energy, when the grid started to struggle, they set their thermostats at seventy-eight degrees, and the homeowner couldn't touch it. Wow, seventy-eight degrees is still hot. Yeah, you know, my house in the winter time at seventy-two degrees is shorts and t-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> seventy-eight degrees in the summer, even in Colorado, is hot. And you're going to tell us that that's how it, that's the narrative now. We're going to start controlling your thermostat. I understand they volunteered this as a test subject, and these people were paid like a hundred dollar visa debit card for something to volunteer. I get it. But in California, it wasn't voluntary. They're telling people don't use your appliances between peak hours because the grid can't handle it. Right. And they've got all this, all this, uh, all this technology. You know, I was talking the other day on one of my, one of my live shows. I'm like, if you just look back 60 years ago, 60 years ago, I know that's farther than my lifetime and your lifetime, but 60 years is, is not that far ago yeah not that that long long ago the average car was about twenty eight hundred dollars and a gallon of gas was 29 cents a loaf of bread was 17 cents things started changing drastically when computers came around in 1990 when when the computers you remember they were the screens were just black with green letters and Mm, it's pretty simple and you had floppy disk and all that stuff right around the turn of the century the cell phones came into the market they made all kinds of cell phones from Nextel, the walkie-talkie, the flip phones, yep. the Blackberries, they, all this stuff. Technology was progressing, right? And as technology was progressing, the cost of living slowly started to increase in this country. And that's where we got it wrong. Everything now is based on technology. You want to know something? You push a couple of buttons on your phone. If you if you buy the the right the right uh the right products, you can turn your, your lights on in your house before you even get home. You can have your garage open. You can have your heater on, your air conditioner on. You can control anything remotely from somewhere else. Yeah. And all of those things are expensive to buy in the first place. And what they're trying to do is weed out the old way of living, where it was simple, where it was easy. You work hard, you were rewarded with a paycheck and, you know, your way of living. They're forcing us into this new age where everything is controlled by something else. And I think we need to put a stop to it. I like the idea of the cell phone. I like that I can go on the internet on my cell phone. But do I need to start my car from my cell phone, from an airplane? No, I don't. <laughs> you know, they, they have those apps. You know, you buy a car now. If you're, if you're leaving the airport, uh, you know, once you get your baggage and it's snowing and 
and the UP, you can start your car from within a three-mile range, and it'll be nice and warm for you. Do you really need that? I mean, do you think that's just part of, like, the natural, like, like evolution of human beings and technology? It is. It is. If we go back to the original pickup back in, like, the 1940s, you know, they, they, they looked ridiculous. You know, they had big spoke wheels with the little thin <laughs> rubber tires, had a windshield and one windshield wiper. Right. You didn't have any windows to roll up or down on the side, and you had these <laughs> round headlights that it did the job, right? Yeah. A Jeep, just enough essential parts. That's where that's the, the, the acronym for Jeep. Do we need all this technology in our vehicles? Do we need to have heated seats and cooled seats and yes. heated steering wheels? We need that? Yes. Because that comes with a price tag. I turn it on every day. I do too. <laughs> but what did you do when you were 16? It wasn't an uh, option when you were 16. No. You just got in your car and you had your gloves on and you'd scrape the ice off your windshield and yeah. you used the key to literally start your car. And open the door. And now cars are so expensive. Yeah. It's hard to afford, especially when our minimum wage is so low and the cost of living is so high. Well, it's really interesting, too, to think about how, like, because um, I work at General Motors. So mm -hmm. when you, people can special order, like, uh, hand crank windows, mm -hmm. and it costs more money to order that than to put a motorized window in it. Yeah, but what happens when that motorized, that motor goes out and you have to have it repaired and you no longer have a warranty on your car? Nice. It's a little bit more expensive than just buying a new hand cranked and uh, to put on your car door. Yeah. You know, the headlights for these LED lights, I love them. I, I can't go against them because they're all over my truck, right? <laughs> they're on my motorcycle. Uh, they're on my wife's car or my fiance's car. And it's it's great. Like, you drive down the highway at night, and how many halogen yellow headlights do you see nowadays? Not many. Not many, right? But when those go out, those light bulbs are expensive as hell. Yeah. And with... The cost of groceries and gas and shirts and stuff from the department store, what's a priority? Feeding your family or getting a ticket because well, your headlight went out because it's so expensive to replace? I don't know if it's the fact that these things that we have are so expensive. It's the fact that these companies are charging so much money and they're making ex like ex they're making extreme amounts of money. But are they? Yeah. I mean, have you yeah. seen the cost of diesel? Have you heard about the diesel shortage that, yeah. that's coming up in this country? Yeah. And you're and I know you're aware that everything you buy comes in on a truck or a train. I understand. I work at General, General Motors, so like we're experiencing the part shortages right now. Everything yeah. everything's coming from different countries and whatnot. But this is this goes to show how much money these companies have and they're not willing to pay their people more money. We're building cars without parts and we're parking them all across town and across state and it's ridiculous they were even and advertising that they were going to sell these cars without the, certain parts they are chips and they for are. a discounted price and say oh well when the chip comes in we'll put it in your car but it's not really discounted because these um these uh, dealerships are marking up the vehicles right so it just goes to show how much money they really do have so I mean, they can afford to build these cars pay the labor to build these cars and then go park them and not so sell them. why can't they stop using china why can't we stop having our parts built overseas or our chips built overseas and have our engineers here in this country? I'm sure there's plenty of engineers in, in, at GM in this state alone that if they had the will pay, if they had the, if they had the resources, they could build the chips and we could build our own parts right here in this country. I'm sure we could do that easily. I'm, I think they're working on it. I think they're working on opening a few plants that build the chips, but it's a resource problem. You know, you have to, 
mine the ground and you have to, it's a process, I guess. Exactly. And who is against mining? Who is against fracking? Who is against natural uh, resources in this country? Yeah. Our current administration that we have, you know, I'm not against fracking. I'm not against fracking, blah, blah, blah. And, And I've heard him say it. Day one, he shut down a pipeline. I understand that pipeline wasn't functioning, but it would have been. It was set to be completed by a certain day, and it was set to bring us natural natural gas, right? Mm-hmm. Pennsylvania, North Dakota, full of oil. They stopped the, the permits. Open up the permits. Start issuing the permits. Start digging fracking in our land again. Texas, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, North Dakota, New Mexico, you know, parts of Colorado, there is plenty of oil here that we can dig. And we even have, and don't forget, we have the uh, rigs out in the Gulf of Mexico. Right. We dig our own oil and replace what he's selling to other nations that are our enemies. We can bring the cost of oil, our gas down a barrel if we have a surplus of it. But right now we're digging into our reserve. We're depleting it and we're selling it to other nations for what? So they could continue to drive our prices up so they can make a profit. I don't give a damn about their profit. Our country, our, our deficit is in the trillions now. How do you recover from that? Do you legalize marijuana and tax it so, so high that you can put literally billions of dollars a year towards your deficit just on the taxation of marijuana? It's legal in most states. It's just not legal nationally, federally. What do you do to, to, to tackle this deficit? You and I will never live in a country where we don't have a deficit, and we once did. We did not have a deficit back when uh, Bill Clinton was in office. It was, and we, I mean, we did, but it was very, very manageable. Our taxes were lower. George W., our taxes were lower. Life was good. The cost of gas was under $2. A loaf of bread was $0.99. Cents. Hell, I saw, uh, I, I remember buying two-liter bottles of pop just a few years ago for 89.99 cents a bottle now they're 2.99 seriously what do you think can be done i mean because the progression of human beings and technology and all these the way we're going in society is not going to change it's only ramping up things keep innovating getting better and easier to use and technology just keeps getting more and more advanced what can be done First, we need to stop. We need to stop printing money because we're we're devaluing devalue, devaluing our dollar. You know, we used to have one of the the strongest currencies in the world, and it was one of the most popular currencies in the world. And now it's not worth it's not worth anything, yeah. to be honest with you. I mean, we have to work twice as hard to buy the things that we used to buy when we worked half of what we do now. If that makes sense, you got to stop. You got to stop printing the money first and then you got to make this country independent of itself stop worrying about the rest of the world's problems if we could focus and change the narrative and focus on americans in this country we could turn turn this ship around we could get this country back to where it needs to be right now i look at the united states as a laughing laughing joke we're the laughing stock of the world people know that they can come here and they can walk across the borders with no penalties whatsoever. Well, if, I mean, it's not just that. It's also the things that we're concerned about. Well, as, crime as, is legal. Well, I mean, as <laughs> a society, we're more worried about genders and pronouns and all these other things that we're, we're being laughed at by 
the other countries in the world. We are. And, and we're not even, if you, it, and I forget the website, I did a TikTok, Nancy Pelosi said something about China is one of the most freest countries in the world. And I went on and said, well, is she, is she drunk? <laughs> They're actually at the bottom of the list. I think she retracted that. Well, I, I didn't retract it. I kept the video <laughs> up and it's still up and I'll, I'll hold her accountable for that till the day she dies. But you know, the United States is even listed 22 most freest countries in the world. 22 who's before us everybody says 21 ahead there's 21 other countries ahead of us i think australia is ahead of us too it's china no no <laughs> i'm sick of that word china it, you know i the, the fact that they're buying up our land over here is is a problem if that you ask a, me that is a problem how are they able to purchase land and not and not live here because our current administration thinks that our country's for sale but they were doing that beforehand I don't know how far back it goes, but I've, I've told people, you know, we should, we should go to the register books and find out who it was that bought this land and issue them a refund and tell them the United States is not for sale. And we should, we should find federal programs so our farmers can actually purchase that land and, and increase their, their crops. We have way too many hungry people in this country. We're supposed to be the all-powerful and mighty United States of America, right? Yeah. Why do we have homeless and hungry people? Why do we have veterans that can't find work? Why do we have such an issue with mental health and not being able to supply free mental health for people who need it? That is the one program that I think should be absolutely free and fully funded by the United States government because there's so much tied into mental health. And in today's world, like you're talking about, pronouns and sexual identity and gender identification you know you know showing these pictures of these mutilated kids going from a boy to or from a girl to a boy and vice versa there's a lot of mental health issues in this country and it needs to be addressed and the best way to address it is to make it a free service for those who need it you know we 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 can we can come up with a universal health care plan in this country where it can be affordable for everyone to pay for. I mean, if you if you call if you look up Blue Cross Blue Shield right now, you'll see they have three packages, three insurance packages. Let's just call them gold, bronze, and silver. Gold, silver, bronze, whatever. Each one is based off of how much insurance you're going to get, and how much you're going to pay for that. Right? Yeah. So, why are employers like Walmart telling people you work less than thirty five hours a week, you don't qualify for insurance? I tell Walmart, anybody that works over 15 hours a week, you're going to give them that bronze package insurance at the lowest cost. At least they have insurance they can utilize. If they need to go to the emergency room, they can go and they have some coverage. That makes it better. It makes it easier for them to, you know, in the long run. Right. And as you grow with a company, you should be promoted with your insurance, just like you are with your paycheck to eventually you, you know, you max out dollar wise on your salary and you should have the best healthcare uh, program that is available by that carrier. Why are we not doing things like this? I get, I'm a small business. I have a couple of employees and I got to call the insurance company and pick which policy I wanted to give my guys. And they were excited just to have what they have because nobody else would offer them anything. It was my choice. Pick pick plan A, pick plan B, pick plan C. Your deduct the difference really is your deductible is higher with the bronze than it is the, the gold. And your emergency room visits and overnight stays are a little more expensive. 
but you still have it. There, there's someone still paying a portion of your medical bill. Right, right. And the people in this country now, they're, they're being manipulated by these big companies like Home Depot and Lowe's and Walmart that say, you know, we'll work you 35 hours a week, no problem, but we're not giving you benefits. And that's what they, that's why they do that. Home Depot doesn't even hire full-time employees unless they're department heads or managers. Everyone else is part-time. So they've hired two people to do the job of one and they do it so that they can save money on the insurance. It's, I think it's robbery in this country and they should be held to a higher standard. Big tech, if you silence someone and your headquarters are inside the United States, you should be fined heavily. You put up a platform like Facebook and says, let us hear your thoughts. So I'm having a bad day. I go on and I say, you know. Fuck Biden. Yeah, fuck Joe Biden. You know, <laughs> fuck the United States. I'm going to run for fucking president of the United States because I'm having a miserable time. My life sucks. Right. And they want to delete that and censor that because it doesn't go along with their beliefs. But I have a constitutional right to say whatever the hell I want to say in this country, no matter what state, no matter what city, no matter what part of the, the country I'm in, I have freedom of speech and that needs to be protected. I have the freedom of choice. I have the freedom of religion. I have the freedom of representation to represent myself. However I see fit. If I want to walk around with a marijuana plant on my shirt, I can, Right. you know, yeah. our rights have been, you know, they've been taking these things away from us slowly, but surely for for a while and now now people are starting to see that well i mean i think people are starting to see it with like the takeover with uh twitter with elon musk and how you know he wants to have a pretty much an uncensored open dialogue uh platform right well, they have Trump has that with um, Truth Social. Truth Social, kind of it's, an echo chamber, though. It is. It's 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 hard to maneuver through there. I don't like it, but yeah. I could go on there and 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 piss to the world if I want to. You know, didn't he censor somebody on there? Who what, was Trump? It, yeah, wasn't there like a news article of him I, censoring somebody? I didn't see it. If it did, if he did, it was probably someone from Twitter that that censored him. You know, when he was when he was in office, but. You know, it, it, social media is social media. Everyone has access to social media in the country, it feels like. You know, and yeah. all the people in this country, unless you're an infant or a toddler, you know, you got kids in second and third grade with cell phones playing video games, and, and they know how to operate these things better than we do Yeah, in some do. cases. They do. So you're going to open up social media to all these platforms, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, True social, and there's a whole bunch, there's a whole list of them. If you're going to silence someone for giving an opinion or speaking their truth, you should be fined. I don't care if it's 50 grand a, 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 an incident. If they, and I know Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg doesn't worry about money at all, but I guarantee you, if he was fined 50 to $75,000 for every time they censored someone or put them in, you know, uh, Facebook timeout, mm -hmm. he'd stop doing it. Because it doesn't yeah. matter if you're a private business or not. If I work for a private business and you piss me off, I can still say, fuck you. You can fire me. That's fine. Fire me. But I can still say what I want to say. And I can say it all day, every day, no matter what. Why are they, why are they so adamant about keeping us quiet, not spreading our truth? Is it because there's so much fake media going around? So there's so many lies. There's so many false statements that are being sent. 
all over the social media platforms and they're trying to control that because they want the truth. Well, I mean, most social media companies tend to lean more liberal. Mm -hmm. I mean, because I mean, look at, uh, um, what's the, uh, the industry, um, the tech industry, big Um, tech, big tech, like the whole industry, Silicon Valley. Yeah. It's all liberal. It is It's all liberal. And so, obviously their ideologies will kind of align with that. So when they see something that would represent something that would be like right wing or even like, uh, you know, like uh, independent, they're, they're probably more than likely going to censor that. Well, I, I would like a cartoonist to reach out to me and, and, and draw a cartoon picture of me with a big old paddle from like the 1980s when we were in elementary and middle school you know remember those days you'd get a whooping at school (laughs) i never got one i got plenty of them and i deserved every (laughs) one of them too but i would like a cartoon figure of me bending liberals and democrats and republicans and all these conservatives over the table and, and giving them what they need they need an ass whooping it is what they need this country has gotten too soft we have no backbone we we stand up to no one we issue threats, we don't follow through, and then we silence our, our, our citizens. We silence the majority of this country and say, you don't have an opinion. And if you do, I'll give it to you. Speaking of censorship, you were kind of censored. You lost your Twitter, your TikTok. I got it back. Recently. Recently. And it's, it, it's, about, as, uh, it's, it's about as restful as Sleeping Beauty right now because it's been dormant for two months. <laughs> So when I put something up on that page, not a lot of people see it. It's gradually starting to get some more, um, some more followers and stuff. But so what ha- what happened? There, there were, I have no idea. Yeah, the account was growing at, at a at a number of two to three thousand new followers a day, and it just shot up. Once it hit like forty thousand followers, a week and a half later, I was up at eighty. Wow! And then it it got banned. And I just constantly kept emailing them and kept emailing them and kept emailing them and say, why did you ban me? What did I do? What did I say? And finally, they gave me some bullshit response that said, well, someone had a hate speech on one of your live, on one of your live shows. I can't control what somebody says in my live. Like there could be someone on here right now screaming, Brent Peterson, Brent Peterson. This guy is a freaking joke. If you've ever heard of one and there's nothing you can do about it. I can't control what they say. I can block them, and then people come back and say, oh, well, you're taking away my freedom of speech. I'm saying, no, I'm not. You have, you have a choice in this country. You have freedom of speech, but you don't have freedom of speech without consequences. This is my pl- platform. If I don't like what you're saying or what you're promoting within my page, I can block you. That's why that, that button is there. I can choose who my audience should be or what I want to promote. And if I want to promote unity and bring in this country together, I, the last thing I need is someone coming on there talking about Joe Biden and I'm a racist and Donald Trump is a white supremacist. And I don't need that. I don't need that division. We get enough of that in our everyday television. But if they don't do it on your page, they're just going to do it somewhere else. They'll do it somewhere else. So but that's not the, the think- somewhere else is not my do you think you should just let them do it and just ignore it? I've been I've been ignoring them for the most part, but I have moderators that'll mute them. We don't block them so much anymore, but we'll mute them so that they can still watch the show, mm, okay. but they can't comment. 
you know yeah um like if we were doing live calls right now and somebody just started bitching and screaming at me i'd probably reach over and hit the hang up button and say and we'll move on to the next caller you know we can control that that's a really good idea man we should have done that we should have but we're recording this we didn't go live this time no but we could have done that but i want to do that so as as much as you want to bring me back if, if, if we're getting good ratings on your shows I'll come back. And I told you in the beginning, if you wanted to follow me through this entire, you know, ride through this election, I'd give you first dibs. I would give you the exclusive rights to interviews and, you know, shows like this that you can put up because you're local, you showed interest and you were the first one to come out and say, Hey, I'll bring you, just come, come to my studio and right. let's do a show. And it worked out for yeah. you. It worked yeah. out great. It 2500 views i believe and still growing plus um plus and then the voice uh, the audio went up from 200 last i checked it was over 400 so mm-hmm. uh that's it, just on youtube that's just on youtube i haven't seen the other platforms so i haven't paid attention <laughs> but you know if it's if it's trending and you have 600 and something followers on your show am i right uh it depends um it depends on what episode it because i've like, I, like subscribers to youtube oh, how many subscribers Subscribers. there's two let's see so let's let's just there's say you, let's many. just say you have 250 subscribers and that that show that we did a few months ago 230 hit 230 2500 and climbing that means people are sharing 232 that now. 232 david hess rising above podcast yeah, all of you. you TikTokers. TikTokers. Rising David above Hess. Podcasts. Rising YouTube. Above Podcast. This guy will talk to you. I, I don't know if you have the capability <laughs> of doing Zoom calls or not, but yeah. um, anything to help get your get your show out there. But my point is that you know, 232 followers or subscribers, 2,500 people have seen the message. And I'm assuming the majority of those are right here in Michigan. They didn't know who I was three months ago. Now they do. Right. And they have platforms. Oh, I'd also like to mention that we uh, we launched a brand new website today. Oh, wow. AnthonyHudson2K24.com. Um, Pull that up. Had a very, very generous guy in Fenton, Michigan. Uh, I called him because I got duped. I'm not going to lie. I got duped. I tried to trust a veteran that I didn't know who said he'd build me a website. He built one, but it wasn't functional. And it went worldwide. And we had people in the Philippines, New Zealand, Australia, Germany, China. What was the website? AnthonyHudson2K24.com. And uh, they were going to the original site, and it, it went worldwide. You know, people from all over the world were clicking on it, but they couldn't do anything else in it. And I paid this guy good money to do this. So I called this guy in Fenton, and I told him the story of what happened. His name is Andrew, by the way, AJ's um, – uh, what do they call it? AJ's, uh, what do they call that? Programming or uh, web developing. Web developing. Well, okay. web developing. Is this the and website? That is, that's that's the uh, merchandise store. Hit the back button. Uh, it, yeah, it won't go on Google. Go to your browser and just type in AnthonyHudson2K24.com. It'll take you right to it. Because it's not popular enough to yet to populate on Google. Okay. But yeah, you can go to Anthony Hudson 2K24 and it's got everything. You can join our campaign. You can send us an email. You can uh, click on our bio and read a bio about where I came from as a young boy, where I was born, how I grew up. Uh, it talks about, um, you know, some of the very intimate issues that I'm, you know, 
wanting to fix that yeah, right there. That's it right there. And uh, it, it's got spots where you could donate. You, you can join the campaign. You can send us a message. Um, you can go to it. It's also got a platform there. You can click on for our merchandise store. Last time I talked to you, we didn't have these. Oh yeah. And yeah. now we, now we got hoodies and hats and bumper stickers and t-shirts and cool. all kinds of good stuff. So, you know, that website that you're looking at, you know, it, it's, it's legit. It's legit. It's uh a really nice website and I hope people will go and check us out and learn more about me. They can reach out to me and ask me questions and anyone that's following me now already knows that if they send me a message, I'm going to respond. You cannot be people before politics if you're not willing to work with the people. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, the rule of thumb is that government works for the people. It right, should. Right it now. Should. Well, that's the way it was designed, right? That's yeah. the way it was created. But right now we go to work to pay our government. That makes us slaves to our own nation. And that's wrong. They need to be reminded of who they are and what their job is in this country right now they're failing the people and without the people you don't have a country so whoever listens to this show i urge you to contact me and debate me on this in 1776 we won our independence why are we not an independent country all those people that died all those people that lost their lives fighting for something bigger for something better They'd be rolling in their graves right now if they heard the words transgender or I'm getting a sex change, you know, I want to become a woman, or if they heard that. Well, I mean, coming from like a like a neutral standpoint on that, if you're an adult, you should be able to make whatever choice you want to make. I mean, that's the point of having a free country, right? But to push this stuff on on young children in schools and in society and on social medias, it's an atrocity. Yeah, it's absolutely an atrocity. I, and I and I agree with you 100%. It, once you're, you know, so I smoke. I didn't realize the smoking age in this country was now 20, 21 years old in this country now. Yeah, yeah. Donald Trump did that. He signed that back in 2019, I believe, that raised the age of smoking to 21. So now you're not even fully an adult at the age of 18. You can vote. You can drive a car. To, and you can join the military. Yeah. That's about it. But if you want to smoke a cigarette or smoke a cigar, you can't. You can't drink. So what is the legal age of an adult now? Is it 21 or is it 18? Because I actually suggest that we stop taxing anyone under the age of 21 because they're learning. They're just out of high school. They're just out of college, right? I mean, there's how many people... How many single moms have you heard of that are in college that got knocked up and had a baby and they, they have to work outside of studying and the government's taxing them the same as they are you and I who are probably more stable in life than that young person who now is a mom and trying to get her bachelor's degree. So why are we taxing them? Especially the, the work age in Genesee County is 14. My son can get a job in January busting tables at 14. Why would we tax him? What, what, what's the point of that? I'm trying to teach him what it's like to go to work, give him a good work ethic, teach him responsibility with his money. How valuable is a dollar, Landon? I know you're watching the show. so <laughs> And he's starting to learn because I just paid for his trip to go to Washington, D.C. with his school in March, and I'm going to go along with him. And the school's pretty psyched. It's like, how often do you get to go to Washington, D.C. with a, with a guy who's running for the presidency, <laughs> right? So 
I paid for him to go, and I told him, I said, you're going to work off the money that it cost me to get you to go. Ask him if he likes raking leaves now because we had a bunch of trees in the yard. And we, we oh, my God, Home Depot made a living off us and, and, and yard bags. <laughs> we, probably $100 in on yard bags. Um, just last week, we had 35 bags sitting out at the street wow. for the guys to pick up. And I told my son, you're, you're going to help. You're going you're gonna to rake leaves. And I had him out there the other night, and I, I gave him the blower, uh, the, the grass blower that I have, and he, I taught him how to use it. He goes, how come you get to sit on the riding lawnmower and ride in circles, blowing the leaves up at the, against the tree, and I got to do this? I'm like, because you're 13, and I'm almost 46. <laughs> All right, so you got I've you got <laughs> you got I've earned the right to sit on the on the riding mower and 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 blow the leaves versus walking across the backyard, but um, but those th- these are things that we should be teaching our kids. We should be teaching them finance. We should be teaching them how credit works. We should be teaching them how to prepare themselves for what tomorrow looks like. Instead of it's okay to feel like you're gay. Or it's okay to feel like you're in the wrong body and you can change that. I mean, I think it's it's something that needs to be taught that it's okay to accept other people for who they are. I mean, because you don't want like bullying situations to happen right. if somebody feels different. Um, but to focus primarily on that in like core subjects, I had a, a lady on recently, Maria Giancotti. Mm-hmm. She was on and she talked about like the sexual sexualization <laughs> of um, material in schools. And how a lot of these subjects are coming up in core subjects like math and English and all these other things. Well, how do you bring up fallopian tubes in math? I mean, they, how, they work it into story problems. How, how, <laughs> she has two fallopian tubes and she had one <laughs> reduced. So how many does she have left? How many eggs can she make a month? How do they work this into these other classes? I mean, you would think that you know, my oldest son, Landon, I've, I've talked about him before. He... He went through sexual reproduction class last year in Grand Blank, and it was a very good course. It was like what you and I had when we were kids. You know, they give right. you the blue and the pink book, and they tell you this is the penis, this is the 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 vagina, vagina, and 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 uh, all the all. It's so complicated, ladies. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, all that stuff that's in there that that works and how it works and people need. That's what we need to know. These kids need to know about safe sex. If you're going to be sexually active at a young age, they need to understand how these parts work and why it is what it is. They don't need to be taught that if you're not attracted to a girl by the time you're nine, it's okay to say you like boys. We need to stop. You know, people, I didn't know who I was until I was 22, 23 years old. Yeah. You know, I I had so many curiosities in the world, not whether I was straight or bi or gay or any of that. That wasn't the world we lived in. I had curiosities as to, do I want to go to the military? Do I want to be a police officer? Do I want to be a doctor? Do I want to, do I want to be in school for the next 10 years? What, what do I want to do? What, who am I? What am I? Yeah. And I didn't know until I was in my 20s. And kids are so easily manipulated these days. You know, their minds are so young and so soft that you could go in and teach this ideology that it's okay to be this way in third grade when in all reality it's not. You want to have that conversation, have it with your parents. Parents, you need to be more involved with your kids. You need to stand up after dinner or before dinner and have these conversations and be responsible. And I think in today's day and age, the schools are limiting the power of what parents really have. When in reality, 
we tell you what you can and can't teach. Yeah. To, uh, as far as our, our core values. Yeah. My son Landon again got bit by a dog two days later, COVID. Uh, a week after that, lice. The cool Jeez. calls me and says, You got to come pick him up because he has lice. Well, I immediately went on the CDC website and it says in the first paragraph, if your child is, has been diagnosed with lice at school, there is no need to send him home early. I went to the school and I asked the lady that was there. My son was standing there almost smiling like he's getting to go home early. And uh, I said, do you guys follow the CDC guidelines, right? And she goes, yes, absolutely. I said, well, open it up. Go to paragraph three, section two, whatever it was. You do not have to send your child home early because of head lice. So because you follow the CDC and the CDC says this, I brought a beanie to put on my son's head. Son, you can go back to your third period class. And I left him at school. Who are they to tell me I got to come pick him up for something minute like that when they've done the research and headlights just doesn't jump from one head to the other? It's got to like physical contact is from what we've read on the CDC website. Like if we just held our heads together, they could crawl over. Um, but there were many times that my son would have a sniffle. Oh, it's COVID. Yeah. Your that- son coughed. It's COVID. That was something that was a huge problem for us last year with Lansing Public Schools. My <clears throat> my son uh, and my daughter were sick. Like it was, it was there was like a period of time where each week they were sick for like a, a couple days. Right. And each time we had to get them tested, and it, it got to the point where my son felt like like he was traumatized from from the test, like having yeah. to get COVID tested. And so anytime we drove by the place where they COVID test, he'd freak out and start crying. Yeah. And eventually we contacted the school district. We're like, this is bull crap. We shouldn't have to get him tested every single time he has a sniffle. Or if you're going to request that we get our kids tested, the school district should foot the bill. Well, and that was the thing. Like we have insurance, so it paid for it. But some places, and, and some testing, people don't. COVID testing some- was free. Um, but the thing is, is like, we had to take time off of work to come get him or, or pay a babysitter to sit with him while we had to go to work. And it's like, right. we can't afford to keep doing this. Like, this is, this is ridiculous. It is. And I, I know for a fact that my ex-wife still has a bill for $79 for a COVID test for my son. Cause the school recommended that they go to a particular walk-in clinic. Yeah. A f- and rapid that, test. Yeah. A rapid test. And we went in there and we did the test, the rapid test. We took it back to the school and the school said, we don't accept rapid test results. So you got to go back. So she, I took him, but they're covered under her policy. And they said that she owes them $79 for those two tests to a place that the school recommended. So I'm almost wondering, does, does that, does that urgent care get a do they give a kickback to the school when they re- refer so many par- parents or students to that place? Because you're right, Walgreens will give them for free. Mm-hmm. Rite Aid will give them for free. Yeah. At the time, I didn't know that. I went with the recommendation from the school. Right. Well, the school should pay for it. And that's what I told my ex-wife. I said, take the bill up to the school and tell them to pay for it. They sent you there. They said he can't come back to school until you go here and get this done, and they charged you for it. So give them the bill. School's... You know, I, I feel like they just need to go back to the way they used to educate our children. If you're a math teacher, focus on math. You don't need to change the way four plus four equals eight. It's pretty simple. You don't have to put it in words and paragraphs and 
work these these problems out with this new formula that they use. Common Core. Common Core. It's like I was pretty good in math as a kid. My son's in eighth grade, and my other one's in sixth grade, and I'm like, I can't help you. You're on your own. Pay attention in class, you know? (laughs) You know, instead of sneaking nutty buddy bars or whatever they are in class in your backpack, pay attention because I can't help you with math. I can help you with science, social studies, and and your other classes. But the way math is taught specifically is difficult. We didn't have that. It was pretty simple until you got up into, like, you know, algebra, algebra, algebra two, calculus, trigonometry, and stuff like that. It was a little more... A little more uh, difficult. Let's just keep it simple because I'm a simple <laughs> guy. It was it was difficult. Um, but, you know, I took calculus as a sophomore, you know, because I love math and I want to get it out of the way. And I passed with a 92. It was okay, you know. But my son comes to me now with regular math problems in sixth grade, and I'm like, how did you get that answer? Why are you drawing a graph with and marking off – boxes and this and that because that's what we're that's how we're told to do i said no 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 no, no, dude listen 52 times 2 is 104 this 2 times this 2 is 4 and then you take this 2 and multiply it times the 5 and get 10 one zero four simple done well that's not what they're teaching us i'm like well half the time i want to say forget your teacher you know because it's dumb. Yeah. It's dumb. Yeah. So I feel like schools uh, feel like they have uh, seniority over our kids more than we do. Like, we don't have a choice once we drop them off, but we do. If I want to go sign my son out, I got to go through all these things to to, to get him out of school for whatever. It, like, a couple of years ago, it was 9-11, and as a veteran, I wanted to take my son to a Tigers game. What, and you served in the military? I was in the Army for a short, peri- short period of time. Okay. Uh, and I wanted to take him to a 9-11 baseball game and they gave me a hard time about pulling my son out of school to take him to a baseball game i'm like listen i'm his dad you're his educating babysitter i tell you what happens with him period and they're like well that's not really the way it works and i went to a school board meeting i said listen i'm tired of you guys trying to tell me what i need to do with my kid teach my kid what he needs to know to pass and go to the next grade graduate and get ready for college and it was it turned into a hoopla. A lot of other parents stood up and started commenting and I mean agreeing with me. Next thing you know, a couple months later, Biden and and these guys have announced that parents are domestic terrorists because we go to these school board meetings and we raise our voice and we're angry or we're mad. Yeah. We're not attacking you physically. We're attacking you verbally, which is our right to do. We're expressing our opinion and our yeah. concern for our children and you're going to haul us off to jail. There's a video of us. Uh, I think it was in like Pennsylvania where this, this dad was reading from a book of uh, this book that they, the school had passed out and it was like sexual pictures of, um, uh, of different like sex positions and genders. And it was like a man and a man, a man and a trans and so on and so forth. Right. And it was, it was explicit. Like it was showing like penises and going into like butts and, vaginas and all kinds of things and they cut him off uh because he was limited on time and he kept going he wouldn't stop and they arrested they arrested him they pulled him out of there and they arrested him it's like that's wild there was a teacher arrested in flint uh a few weeks ago maybe i read the article yesterday she got caught 
by her students filming pornography in her eighth grade schoolroom class. Oh, students weren't in there. Working in this, like found, like her. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, it was like her free period at school, right? Oh my And she gosh. was spread eagle on the desk doing whatever it was she was doing, and some <laughs> students had seen it on their porn channels that they watch or whatever. Oh my god! And it got back to the school, and the school fired her. Obviously, yeah, great, yeah, good. Shouldn't have that at school. But we, I'm, I'm with you, David. I, I, I think our, we need to protect our kids at all costs. Yeah. Whether it's from sex trafficking, it's from, um, you know, protecting young girls who get raped and get pregnant, giving them the ability to be able to have an abortion. Uh, we need to protect our kids as far as what they're being taught at school. Too much is about sex. Not the actual intercourse of sex, but gender gender you know there's so much going around about sex right now and it needs to freaking stop it's going to get to the point where they're going to take away every one of our rights and they're going to make us like china and say you're only allowed to have two kids and that's it and they're going to make it so that your third pregnancy you got to have an abortion you know if the democrats keep because you know them they they want abortion to be legal right don't don't try to control me or my fellow Americans. That's really what I want to get at. To all my people that are watching, to your fans, to whoever listens to this show, we need to stand up and take back what is ours. And you're going to have indigenous people come up and say, it's not yours, it's, I, it's mine. <laughs> it's mine. It's mine. You know, the Indians were here first. And I'm not racist by any mean, and I'll stand behind this statement 100%. If you're not happy with your settlement that you got from the United States government, you're more than welcome to move off the reservation and pay our taxes and, and live our lives the way we do. We pay the, we pay indigenous people so much money to live on a, re, on a reservation, and they got their own tribal police. They got their own government. If you're, if you're not happy with that, then come be an American. Come be a real American and, and live in my shoes for a week and then go back and see how good you have it where you're at. But we didn't steal this from you. We didn't steal this land from you. There were battles that were fought for the land. People won, people lost. I mean, it was that way between the French and the British. It was that way between the, the Americans and the British. It was that way between Texas and Mexico. Battles were fought, and victories announced territories. So, yes, this is our land, all of us. If you live in the United States, you pay taxes to be here. This is your land. You need to stand up for it because if you don't, you're not going to be able to if we continue down the road we're going. Well, I mean, if you look at society right now, we're not standing up for anything. We want to accept everything. We want to accept illegal immigrants coming into the country because it's racist to say, hey, you cannot come here. It's racist to not – or it's racist to – not give Mexicans or not Mexicans, but Hispanic people or anybody who's here illegally an ID. It's not, it's not racist. Everybody that listens to this show, it's not racist. No, but that's, it's that's the narrative. Abiding that's, by the law and it's the brainwash that government is right. putting down to the people and the media and the media. So you want to know why I run nonpartisan? It's because of that fact right there. The Democrats brainwash their people to think MAG is the way to go. And there's, there's Republicans that aren't part of the MAGA movement. You know, they have their Republican ideologies and their beliefs, and that's good. 
you got MAGA, then you've got the Democrats, and you've got the far extreme left, and you, you've got all these organizations out here that are just telling us this is how it's going to be. This is how it is. We need to wake up refreshed and say, no, I have my own mind. I have my own voice, and I don't agree with you, Joe Biden. I don't agree with you, Nancy Pelosi. I don't agree with you, Donald Trump. I see America as the red, white, and blue, the home of the free, the land of the free, and the home of the brave. That's what I see. And those of us who are brave enough to stand up and fight for that freedom, we need to do so. And like I said, I'm running for president in 2024. If I'm not elected and it goes to somebody else that's an independent, I'll be, I'll be the first to congratulate them. But we have got to change the narrative in this country because it's ruining our lives. We may not have a Social Security when we get old. And if we don't have it, do our kids have it? No, they don't. What world do you want your two small young children to live in when you're old and in a nursing home and they're, they're doing the, the hustle every day? You know, what we do today changes the narrative and changes the path of this country for tomorrow. A lot of people I've noticed are living in the past. You stole this land. No, we didn't. We fought this land. You know, we, we fought for this land. We fought for our freedom. African-Americans fought for their freedom. Women fought for equal rights. How come we're not observing any of this? Why is all this still a problem in today's world? Because we're manipulated or we're brainwashed to think that racist is an issue. Well, does that mean that the white the, the, the white people are a minority now? Because everything I, I watch on TV seems to be anyone else other than white people. And I'm just being honest. You look at the NBA. You look at the NFL. You look at Major League Baseball. A lot of them are from Mexico or Venezuela or the Puerto Rico or Dominican Republic. Why aren't we all treated equal? Why do we have to look at someone's skin and determine a, 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 you know, a negative thought about them because of their skin? Why can't we just look at them and say, you know what? You're my brother in this country. You're my sister in this country. We are all Americans before we are anything else. And we need to live by that narrative and start coming together. I don't care who you are, white, black, brown, Asian, Muslim. I don't care. But stand up because you do have freedom in this country. You do have liberties, and you have a constitution that protects that, and we have people that are trying to take that away from us. And we need to stand up for once, just like we did in 1776. And we need this time, instead of taking it, we need to protect it. And people need to hear that message. I love it. I think we should wrap it up there. Do you have anything else you want to um, to announce or to promote? Well, yeah, I, I, I want to let everyone know that, you know, we, we're an underdog. This Hudson 2K24 movement or this campaign, whatever you want to call it, we're an underdog. I remember reading in the Bible about David and Goliath, and David won the fight. He had the willpower. He had the strength. He knew he was going to push forward no matter what the odds are. And I'm not going to say I'm David, but I will say our government is Goliath. But if we all come together, we can make our government David. 
we can make them the smaller man, you know, because we outnumber them a million to one. Yeah. Easily. So I urge you to reach out to us on our web, on our, on our website, Anthony Hudson, two K two four.com. Send me a message. If you want to join the campaign and you want to join the movement, we'd love to have you. It's not hard. We want you to volunteer a couple hours a week to make phone calls, send out some emails to some important people. I will announce that we did get a, an email back from the good morning America show. Oh, wow. They'd like to do a segment in a couple months after the holidays. Wow. That would be great. That'd be sweet. That'd be awesome. Right. Yeah. So the word is spreading. The name is spreading the idea of what America could look like with a president that actually reaches out to the people that actually lives the same life of the people. You can't fix what you don't know is broken. And being a blue collar man, I understand what's broken and I know we can fix it together. Me, you, your wife, my fiance, everyone at GM, anyone across this country, we can work together and we can fix this country so that we can make it a safe place for immigrants to come here that want to come here. We can make it easier for all of us. So again, Hudson, uh, Anthony Hudson, two K two four.com. If you want to join our campaign, please do. Uh, you can look at our merchandise, the hoodies, they come in blue, white, um, hats. Just, just take a look. Doesn't hurt to take a look and it doesn't hurt to listen. And we do have a rally next weekend for all those in Michigan. We're going to be in grand blank, Michigan at bicentennial park at two thirty. $10 entry fee to come in. It's going to be simple, David. One speaker, one microphone. You? Just me. Just me. And Are you going to come out dancing to some, some music? You know, I've seen the Donald <laughs> Trump emoji thing dancing around on TikTok. You know, I might come around just uh, throwing my ass up in the air twerking or something. No, I, <laughs> I, I'm not a showboater. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a truth guy. And I feel like it's time to do away with the Hollywood and all the big promotional things. Let's just... Let's just get a crowd together and just listen. Let's let's talk. let's let, let's talk. Let's yeah. figure out what the problems are together so we can we can move forward together. That's how it starts. Yeah. So it'll be simple. My truck, my flag, an American flag, about a four foot speaker and a microphone, and I just want to talk to you. I just want to tell you who I am and where I'm from and what I what I see for this country. So if you're available next weekend and you're in the Michigan area, uh, Grand Blank, uh, Flint, Lansing, you know, central part of Michigan, come out to Bicentennial Park next weekend at 2.30 and uh, let's spend an hour and a half together. And I'll do a question uh, segment after my speech, which is unheard of in presidential rallies. But I will take questions from the people and, and talk to you directly. So if you have any, any interest in coming out, look us up on the website, anthonyhudson2k24.com. Send me an email. I'll get back to you and uh, get you directions or addresses or any of those things like that. But I appreciate everyone for listening, and thank you again for having me come back on your show. Of course. Thank you. Thanks for doing this, and uh, look forward to the next time. Hey, part three. <laughs> All right. Hey. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Dang, that's a, that's a strong grip you have. Hey, man, I'm from Texas. We got strong <laughs> grips.